Welcome to another episode of Balls Deep Cinema. Um, I'm here with Jay Shatara and Steve Raju. Guys, it's been quite a while since we had all three of us here together. <laughs> Full team. Each, each week, someone was placed on the IL, so it was uh, pretty pretty difficult to get all of us in, but glad to, for all of us to be together. Uh, how's your morning? Uh, it's good, Brandon. We have a London Derby. Clearly, we're repping we, our team today. Uh, uh, I'm excited. Uh, to... I am too international break is over so this will be a really fun morning yeah there you go steve doing well boys uh glad to see we got our our club soccer theme you know going on this morning there we go Uh, yeah there's nothing like (laughs) premier league soccer so uh you know, I'm a Tottenham guy though so I I don't have a a jersey to rep but uh but nonetheless oh man there's gonna be some fun some fun matches today so I hope y'all enjoy it no, that's, that's kind of gross. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, speaking of, uh, I guess, gross, uh, I don't know where I was headed with that one, but um, <laughs> uh, Loki season two premiered a few weeks ago uh, on Tuesday mm-hmm. night. Uh, season three premiered, oh, sorry, episode three of season two premiered. Uh, we're at the halfway point of Loki. Uh, really good show so far. I think there was a lot of pressure coming off of season one, which I know we both, I think we all unanimously agreed was most uh, the arguably the best uh, series that Disney Plus has put out there in terms of the MCU. Uh, So coming off the pressure for season two for this, uh, I just wanted to ask both of you guys, just coming from sports or just different, you know, like JN and we were both in the news industry, have either of you ever felt the pressure off of coming something good, a good performance in a game, a good performance in school? Have you guys ever felt any pressure like that going back to something else? uh so you mean like in terms of how they're the pressure of i guess the show carrying the mcu shows or like just uh going back and trying to replicate the success they had in season one well i just i meant that exactly like replicating season one but i just meant asked i asked more personally have you guys ever felt like in a moment yeah like you personally in life yeah (laughs) no for sure jay i mean i'm sure you've you've had those moments too right yeah. I was going to say, yeah, you mentioned it, Brandon, our, our days in TV. It felt like if you came up yeah. with a good story and put together a yeah. good story, then the next day yeah. you come in and everyone's like, well, I expect that same kind of, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, level yeah. of effort or whatever, or, you know, that good mm-hmm. of a story. Um, so, yeah, definitely. I, I would even say going back to college when yeah. I first started TV. Absolutely. Yeah. You feel that yeah. pressure of you did a good story. Now you have to really top the top it with the, you know, your next one. So, yep. so the bar low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Purpose purposely go bad. So that way your neck coming is good. Um, but right. yeah, no, let's go on and just talk about uh, Loki season two. Uh, first three episodes so far, just what are some general thoughts that both of you have? Well, it's funny you mentioned that pressure. I, I don't even think that pressure comes from how good season one was. Cause I do think mm-hmm. it was the best. Um, one of the better Marvel projects since right. Endgame. However, I think that pressure comes from how bad Marvel's been. They desperately need a good show right now. They desperately need yeah. a good project. Yeah. Um, it's no secret that a lot of these shows have sort of fallen flat. Like, I don't know about you guys. I love the way WandaVision started. Right. And it ended so bad. Um, yeah. And that's been sort of this formula, right? It's like a few good first episodes, finale right. sucks. few first good episodes, finale sucks. Loki Absolutely. was one of the only ones that I felt like nailed the finale, um, really set up uh, Multiverse mm-hmm. of Madness and Ant-Man. But even those movies kind of were like, eh, they were middling. So I think yeah. the pressure is on Marvel to really produce a good show, especially after She-Hulk. Right. 
after uh, what was the other one? Uh, Miss Marvel. Um, yeah. There's a lot of pressure on Marvel right now. Yeah. And I uh, just coming off uh, before we get to you, Steve, it's the same thing. I think with like Moon Knight, Miss Marvel too, I would say just good starts, you know, great world building. But then just the finale, either it's too much on itself, it goes for a big blockbuster finish. It might be a little, it might come off a little bit too silly. So there's some things that I agree that definitely just something that consistency we've only seen in Loki so far. Yeah, you know, we're three episodes in so far. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for me, Loki was my was my favorite uh, mm-hmm. MCU show from all the season ones that came out. Um, I just felt like it had the most creativity. Um, it had mm-hmm. the most unique Marvel storyline. You know, we're getting into the, uh, the TVA. Uh, we're getting into the whole timeline concept. Um, but if you really think about it, um, for me, Loki is the backbone of these MCU TV shows mm-hmm. because it has the most right. to do with the the linear story that they're trying to create with the movies, yes. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Captain America, Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. Captain America and the Winter Soldier, that's going to be more geared towards what they're going to do with the Thunderbolts movies. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if, you know, if that comes out, it should come out, right? But you never know what the MCU might change in terms of what they want right. to do for their slate. But, you know, you have yeah. that show that's focused on, um, you know, the Thunderbolts, which is more kind of a, the Loki, the Loki series is going to be right. leading into the Kang Dynasty and the Secret Wars because the whole concept of uh, Secret Wars Kang Dynasty is going to deal with the the multiverse saga and the concept of multiverse and mm-hmm. really Lo- Loki is really the the prologue to it the the backbone of it um, and so you know I guess by association of that it's it's I think mm-hmm. delivered the best uh, delivered the best story um, and show in the season one that came out so far we're three episodes in um they're doing a solid job pretty solid mm-hmm. job uh we have the first episode uh i felt that was i i felt a little confused going through the first episode uh just because mm-hmm. yeah i understood first off the pros of the first episode you know i love kk kwan um yeah or boros mm-hmm. uh what i mean just what a perfect casting for this show um his energy his quirkiness um, it really fits well um, with the the whole Loki uh, theme and and style. Uh, obviously, you have Owen Wilson, you have Tom Hiddleston. This is my favorite cast of characters. And in episode one, we got to see a lot of them just cook mm-hmm. um, and, and do their things. Um, and then with the introduction of uh, Kehe Kwan, you know, he's going to be a great addition to the show. Yeah. So I like how it started off. Um, I, I would say my confusion came from in terms of how they structured Loki's um, going in and out of the future and the present, but also in the past. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, I'm, that's something that wasn't really covered in the next two episodes. I guess mm-hmm. his, correct me if I'm wrong, but his ability to, or I guess this thing that was happening to him where he was he was going into the future, I think that was purposefully, but also like phasing yeah. into the past, I think that was unpurposefully, that was just happening random. What was the explanation for that? What was what was kind of going on there? Um, I don't remember too I well. Think, I remember, yeah. Go ahead, Jay. I, I think they called it like time hopping or time splitting, something like that, right? Where he could time splitting. Yeah, yeah. Where, where he couldn't control where he was going, and they didn't. So the whole point of episode one is where they were supposed to kind of fix that, and um. I don't know if they did because it hasn't happened yet. But remember, at the end of the episode, he kind of comes out of the timeline. 
the sacred timeline and like hits yeah. Owen Wilson before the blast doors close. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, they didn't really explain if he fixed it or not. It seemed like the mission failed. Um, yeah. So yeah. Well, I, they he got really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He got stabbed. And spoilers for everyone. Uh, just letting before for those <laughs> who haven't seen it. Why are you watching this episode? Uh, because it's a mid-season <laughs> review of Loki. But nonetheless. Loki gets stabbed at the end. We're not sure about who stabs him um, and right. yeah. whips him, so to speak. Uh, but uh, first episode, I thought, did a solid job introducing, mm-hmm. uh, reintroducing, you know, the dynamic between uh, Loki and um, Mobius and then introducing mm-hmm. uh, Ouroboros. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't get a lot of Sylvie, of course. I think episode two, very tame episode. Right, um, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of McDonald's in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> they did a great job featuring yep. uh, the McDonald's uh, marketing in there. Um, <laughs> very much a tame episode, I think. You know, in these early episodes of Loki, and when I say early, it's six episodes, so it's hard to, mm-hmm. it's hard to really look at these first two episodes and not have some grander expectations because of how short the season's going to be. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I understand that with some shows, you know, they use their first two episodes to really set the stage of what's going to happen next. But mm-hmm. with episode two, I felt like it was a lot of, hey, let's connect Sylvie back with Loki. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see what their feelings are with each other again. Um, yep. The episode, the name of the episode was great. Breaking Brad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> really, really great, subtle reference. Um <laughs> I really didn't remember Brad, this Brad character, X5, I believe his name was, too too, yeah. too much in season one. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, him him ge- being inter- interrogated by Loki, um, I would say the best part of, of episode two for me was just the dynamic between Mobius and Loki. Um, mm-hmm. The great thing about what this show has got going, and I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts, is just the dynamic between Loki and, and Mobius, Owen Wilson and yeah. Tom Hiddleston. To me, it's the highlight of the show so far. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then just before I hand it off to you guys, my episode three thoughts, uh, probably my most divisive thoughts of the show so far, because the first two episodes I like, you know, solid stuff, um, you know, good exposition setting uh, yeah. and then getting back into the fold. The the Kang dynamic, uh, Victor Timely in this episode Mm-hmm. really just turned me off i was not a fan of really? okay. i was not a fan of jonathan major's performance i thought it was ridiculous mm. i thought it was over the top um honestly it's hard for me not to and look the mcu what it's it's a the universe about goddamn heroes sci-fi it's a science f- fiction as it gets and because of that it asked the audience hey please you know, separate yourself. What's the term? Separate yourself or like suspend your belief, right? For a lot right. of shit that okay. happens. You have to. Yeah. I mean, Thanos, yeah. like if yeah. I was a rational thinking person, I'd be like, why are they making a movie off a big fucking purple guy? Right. <laughs> but, but, but the thing about, because I understand it's a Marvel comics and because I understand it's a, it's a yeah. science fiction based story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, I, 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 I suspend my belief. Right. And I ignore some of the stuff. Right. But my issues with Kang this episode and the way they did the story, number one, I thought I love Jonathan Majors as an actor. Um, I think he's a great actor. He's an extremely talented actor. Um, mm-hmm. His work in yeah. Creed, Creed three, for example, really good. Um, yeah. You know, his performance as he who remains great. Um, I don't, I just don't get it. What, what are we doing here with, with the, uh, 
the the constant stutter. He over he overacted. If we could just be honest, he overacted, and I thought the performance was ridiculous. I thought it was yeah. really mm. distracting. My okay. opinion. Um, and my other issues is with. I mean, maybe this is a, a slight issue, but uh, yeah, I don't know this. Him, Victor Timely. Two things: Victor Timely being able to. I guess perform in 1893 in front of a bunch of bunch of white people, right? And I know suspend yeah. your belief, suspend your yeah. belief, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. suspend your belief for the sake of the story. Maybe this mm-hmm. is a timeline where it's a they don't look at race, like you know, maybe they don't look at uh they don't look at they don't have oppression in this in this uh right, secular right. timeline because they did mention like this timeline is the the one where the true can comes from, I believe. Um, yeah. or the the true key who remains comes from he who remains yeah yeah yes um however him you know just presenting his himself you know nobody's nobody's like get this fucking dude off the stage you know like no one's like everyone's I guess <laughs> he's been able to like fool people and and like swindle people you know as a black yeah. man during that time of 1893 mm-hmm, from being yeah. completely honest. How does he? How would he get away with that? You know, like yeah. So some of those things, just you know, I understand they're not big in the grand scheme of things, and we should just kind of ignore it for the sake of the story. But some some of those things, I was like, mm, I'm not sure about that. And then real quick, and I apologize for the long monologue, guys, but uh, <laughs> I don't understand how Renslayer can drop off a the the Ouroboros Orobo, excuse me, uh, TV guidebook, uh, the mm-hmm. the TVA guidebook. Yep. Yep. Do a child version of victor timely mm-hmm. and and then from there that child even if he's a genius even if he's a genius he's only a genius in respect to the time that he's in right mm-hmm. because you're only you're only as able to educate yourself and use the resources around you with what resources are available for him to right. as a child through 20 years later so he's probably late 20s right or early 30s at that point how is he understanding the nuances of Ouroboros's TVA guide? Mm-hmm. Like, does that make any sense? Like, I get he's a genius. I get he's the lineage of, of Reed Richards potentially, which definitely isn't the case in this timeline. But right. it just didn't track for me how you can give this kid a book and he's able to understand the complexities of, by all accounts, futuristic, you know, post-technology era uh concepts and and whatnot so um yeah i thought i, I have more thoughts on the episode but i want to get your your guys's thoughts on my gripes with the whole kang dynamic in episode three yeah uh you bring up a really good point uh just kind of sliding off to of that last most recent thing um and eternals right we see a moment where uh where uh oh man uh <laughs> where two of the characters i forgot two of their names but it was the inventor and then um Ajax, right? So mm-hmm. she's she's talking with uh Fastos. Fastos, there we go. Yep. Fastos. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's a moment where there's a farming, and then she tells him, You're going a little bit too far. Time has not reached that limit of uh technology or resources yet. So the way I kind of saw it when he's picking up that book, there's a lot that young uh Kang the Conqueror cannot understand, or young Victor Timely, well, one of his variants can't really understand yet. So I feel like some of the stuff he's not able to do, but you know, I guess it's it's very hard because yes, it's funny your belief, but is one thing, but it's like well, he he, he does even make it, a comment. 
he does make a comment at the end of the episode that says, I've always had these ideas. I just didn't have the technology. So right. you are but he, aware but that he's able to, I mean, think about the, the, he was able to create the, um, the temporal, the, the temporal, yeah. the yeah. temporal, whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. And he's able to, at least, I guess, understand the concepts well enough to have a prototype version that he could present yeah. to all these people. Now I get, you could argue, you know, it was all a joke yeah. to begin with, right? Like, cause he ended up swindling people for a thousand dollars and yep. it was end, ended up being a piece of trash. Or maybe he's able to just <laughs> create like these, these frail replicas of what's ever being told in the TVA guidebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, it, to me, it seemed like he was able to really understand most of the guidebook and that yeah. was able to, that was able to, I guess, in part, make him the genius that he is, you know? Yeah. I no, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, just going back to the general thoughts of both episodes. Uh, yes, episode one for me felt a little bit too confusing. It felt like it was a little bit over the place. Um, you know, the way season one ended, right, with the big like cliffhanger of like of Mobius and being like, Who are you? I don't know who you are. And like that was a big mind factor. I was hoping they'd go a lot more into that in the trailers, um, and the teasers. They went mm-hmm. a lot into the time, uh, you know, like Loki being in and out of time. It only it hasn't really been talked about maybe it will be talked about but so far it's like barely it was like all right we scratched it off in episode one <laughs> we're not gonna mention yeah, this episode two and three so it felt kind of that's where i agree with you steve where it felt like oh like that was it like that's all that was with that um season mm-hmm. one i'm sorry episode one and episode two felt very similar like you said x5 for me forgettable character at this point not sure if you will or won't, won't come back at this point uh one thing i loved about episode three was just we stayed in this one setting that made this episode a lot more uh feel a little bit more just kind of relaxed of a view if that makes sense it felt like we're in this one setting uh yes there's like a about a 25 30 year jump but it, it definitely made me feel like okay i can follow this consistency in this episode right now um going back to your point about jonathan major's performance uh for me personally i when i watched uh, episode six of loki season one when I watched Ant-Man and Quantumania, uh, Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania, there's one thing that stuck out to me about those uh, things, and that was Jonathan Major's performance. I thought he immediately stole the scene. He changed mm-hmm. uh, the being completely. Uh, I didn't feel as strong about his performance here. Uh, I feel like maybe it could be because we haven't seen a lot more of him yet. That could be one thing. Uh, the other thing, too, is that this variant, Victor, Victor Timely, that, he's a lot more... Uh, He's a lot more like, you know, chaplain, right? In a way, because we're in this in this late 18th, uh, in the 19th century. So it felt a little bit silly. Not sure if it's because of the era we're in, right? Like when we're, so I don't know. That's kind of one thing I saw about it, but I don't know what, what you, uh, thoughts you had, Jay. I do want to praise the attention to detail in this episode. One, the opening Marvel intro with the old timey piano. I thought that was really cool. Just wanted to mm-hmm. throw that out there. Um, yeah. uh, two, if you notice when they first go back in time to give him the book, it was the sacred timeline. It said 1863 or whatever, what 1868 uh, mm-hmm. sacred timeline. But then when you go to 1893, it said branch timeline. So this Victor yeah. Timely wasn't supposed to have this life of the TVA knowledge. He was supposed to, I don't know what he was supposed to do, but yeah. clearly it created a new branch because they, Miss Minutes and Ravenna, or Ravenna uh, Renslayer, oops, get my phone there. Um, uh, you know, put him on this path. So I thought that was a really good attention to detail. Now, 
where yeah. I have some gripes with the whole King storyline. I'm just confused. Um, when we first met the King variant, He Who Remains, in Loki season one finale, it, it seems really like a cool concept, but I'm like, who is this? When is King the Conqueror coming? Because that's the one I know from the comics. Yeah. Most people, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, uh, you know, this, you know, the King, the Conqueror with the technology and the floating chair and all that stuff. Then we meet him in Quantumania and he loses to a bunch of ants and whether he's still alive is to be seen. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, and then now you have a new King variant, Victor Timely, who they're grooming to be this new, he who remains. I, I just don't really understand who these King variants are and how they're going to connect to the overall story. Then the post credit scene in Ant-Man, you see the, the stadium full of Kings um, and a really good Easter egg. There was a boxer King. And some people thought that was uh, uh, Jonathan Majors from Creed three. So I thought that, was, <laughs> that was a pretty good Easter egg. Um, yeah. But like, you know, who are these Kings? What, you know, he who remains said he wants to, pre- you know, he's there to prevent the multiversal war. How does him getting stabbed and killed by Sylvie now lead to this multiversal war? Especially if we just branched a bunch of timelines yeah. in episode two or, or pruned a bunch of timelines and killed trillions of people like, um, uh, oh, what's her name? X, X, whatever uh, her name is, the one that's working with Mobius and Loki. You know, she said they just killed trillions of people by pruning yeah. all these timelines. How is this going to lead to this giant King Dynasty movie that's coming out now in 2025, I want to say? um the the you know big avengers king dynasty movie how what is what are we doing with king i'm just very confused on the overall king storyline you've propped him up to be the big bad villain and he's the new thanos or you know whatever yeah but where are we going with it king the conqueror is out of the picture now unless he comes back again it is marvel like steve suspend your belief that anyone even dies in this franchise <laughs> um <laughs> Except you know, Silver. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. <laughs> they never so, bring him back. <laughs> like, yeah, poor Aaron yeah. Taylor Johnson. Um, so I don't know. I, I just don't I'm a really confused on who Victor Timely is. How is he a King variant? Like Steve said in the comics, King the Conqueror is actually a Reed Richards um mm-hmm. variant. Yeah. So well, like no, the year, uh from or, isn't isn't he a, a isn't he a descendant of Reed Richards? Yeah, he's a he's descendant, like a, yeah. He's yeah, like yeah, a great yeah. nephew of sorts, yeah. Right, because he's in like the year twenty three hundred or something, and that's how he has yeah. the technology, like the chair and the and the glow hands, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> um, <laughs> so instead, mm-hmm. I remember the whole cans back in the day. They're gonna have king hands, uh, where you can sell them at Walmart and merchandise. So, um, I I I just I'm really confused on where we're going with King. I am with Steve. I do think John the Majors was a little over the top. However, I, I didn't mind it as much. I, the stutter was a lot. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just really confused on the overall vision for Kang. He who remains was such a cool concept in the end of season one, but then he dies, and now we're setting up this multiversal war between the Kings. But also, again, going by the Ant Man post credit scene, it seems like the Kings are working together. So who's the war with? Is it with the Avengers? I don't know. I don't see how any of these Avengers, current Avengers, even beat Kang. I'm sorry, they're they're, they're kind of weak compared to the old Avengers. So. Yeah, I don't really know where we're going with this. Um, I just feel a little confused. Uh, one thing I will praise about the overall show, mm-hmm. I thought the pacing has been pretty good. I feel like yeah. since we got into the show, we've just had nonstop like mystery mm-hmm. and then action and then mystery and then like yeah. we're, we're leading to this. So um, I'm excited to see where these last three episodes go and maybe they'll explain a little more about King variants and what the overall vision with them is. 
I agree. And just kind of uh, going back just one more time for uh, Jonathan Major's performance. If there's anything we've seen from the last two uh, Kang the Conqueror variants is that they're very manipulative. The way they speak, what they say, the way they kind of put the forgiveness on themselves. Um, Jay, you brought up a good point that when we hop into this timeline, when we see young Victor Timely, it says, you know, sacred timeline. And then when we see uh, not so young or just older, like late 20s, early 30s, uh, uh, Victor Timely, it'll say you're broken timeline or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I noticed is that at the end, when Sylvie's about to kill uh, Victor Timely, you see the emotion behind him saying, hey, this is not my fault. And it's true, right? Because if you think about it, right, if Renslayer and Miss Minutes never came back to that timeline, we potentially, whatever we saw was an innocent child, maybe just never, never being able to live his life because he was manipulated with that. But my mystery is, is it maybe double entendre where he's playing the innocent guy, right? Who knows what mm-hmm. we're going to see in the next episode when now that he's back into TVA, he's like, gotcha. And then, <laughs> True. Um, but I don't know. There's something about that performance at the end that made me feel like we saw a life that was ruined for a person that maybe could have done really good things, better things. And because of Renslayer and Miss Minutes, we saw that timeline broken. And truly it is broken because he never lived the life he was meant to live. Uh, so there was a little bit of emotion that I saw that was like pretty good. Um on Jonathan Majors uh, acting part of that at the end. So, uh, but yeah, when we come back, let's go ahead and talk about Miss Minutes. Uh, <laughs> I think we got to know her a little bit more um, in this season so far. So just give us a few minutes and then we'll hang on. See you guys in a bit. Alrighty, welcome back, everyone. Uh, touching upon our our low key mid season discussion, um, we're going to talk about you know one of the characters, Miss Minutes, quite a interesting character. Uh, this past episode, yeah. we finally get to see her. Um, yeah. But first, I wanted to uh, go back to something we were talking about about um, Victor Timely and Kang. Uh, yeah. You know, Jay brought up the point like, like, hey, what is the direction they're going with Kang? Um, he mm-hmm. remains Victor Timely, you know, whatever you want to call him at this point, right? What is the direction they're 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 going with this character in the MCU? Uh, what is Kevin Feige cooking? Because what I'm wondering, for me mm-hmm. personally, they are setting up Hang and the Jonathan Majors character to be the next big bad of the MCU. I mean, it's quite clear, right? Um, but the way that the way that they are doing it is is quite interesting, I think. Um with Thanos, we had a character that we just had subtle little looks at throughout the course of, mm-hmm. I mean, damn near eight eight to ten movies, right? You know, with yeah. the Avengers, you know, he would come post credit scene. They didn't even have the, the right VFX for him at the time. They didn't even know what he <laughs> looked like, you know. They had the glowing yeah. eyes. They had the, the darker purple skin. Um, even up to uh, the end of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. No, no, no. To the ends of... Uh, Age of Ultron, right? Still didn't really have, you know, the right, the, the final design of what Thanos would look like. You know, I think yeah, we finally figured it out. You know, right at Infinity War. But the whole point is, they had a character in Thanos where, I mean, let's be honest, we were like, oh shit, Thanos is coming. You know, and for those yeah. that weren't even familiar with Thanos, if you're not a com- comic book reader, 
you were still like as a viewer like okay that guy looks like he's about to tear shit up like he's about to fuck shit up <laughs> yeah and i'm not saying and i'm not saying that kang isn't the type yep. of character that can have the same effect as thanos i think kang even go, going to his comic book lineage is quite the fascinating character and is quite the powerful mm-hmm. character um but the way yeah. that the whole the way that they handled thanos compared to the way they're handling kang right now it's a starch difference um and mm-hmm. I don't think it's for the better, personally. I liked the way they handled Thanos because we had the little sprinkles of Thanos, but we also knew how intimidating he was and how, um, you know, almost how big of an obstacle he'll be to the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, with yeah. Aang, we've already seen him be quite um, depowered in a way. Uh, obviously, with his appearance in Ant- Ant-Man, um, you know, you're going to be by Ant-Man, dude. I mean, come on. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> at least one of his variants are right and i think that's one of the things they can really play off with kang and the multiverse aspect it's like hey you know like that was just a really weak kang there's a really strong kang that's coming which is obviously what they're going to do with the kang dynasty however i am not getting that sense of being intimidated by the character of kang um right. the same that i did with thanos um you know we see him as victor timely okay you know I didn't like the performance at all uh, of Victor Timely. However, can I see what they're doing with how they're going to make him into, you know, the next iteration of He Who May- He Who Remains? Sure. But at that point, do I really need to care about He Who Remains? You know, I want to go into the Kang Dynasty mm-hmm. thinking like, Kang is about to, Kang the Destroyer, the Conqueror, whoever he is, is about to mm-hmm. fuck shit up. He's about to do some crazy shit and is about yeah. to really put a nail into the Avengers. But I don't feel that same hype in Kang the way I did in Thanos because of mm-hmm. the fact that we've seen versions of 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 Kang that either get fucked up by Ant-Man, gets killed by Sylvie. You know, how are we supposed to make a whole Avengers level movie around Kang when, to be quite honest, I feel like we're getting a character that feels more suitable for a Loki show and to just stay that way. Because I think that's where he's been his most interesting. Thoughts on that? For you yeah, that's a, no, that's a great point of view. Uh, I kind of go back to, I know we've talked about horror movies a lot recently, but <laughs> I kind of go back to thinking uh, the horror movie villain trope, right? Or let's go back to the big mm-hmm. monster, right? Uh, Godzilla uh, in Cloverfield, uh, Alien, right? We talk about a, a, a creature that we barely see, right? We only get little hints at, but we don't see the full feature yet. So once that full villain or monster comes out towards the middle or, or the end, we're on the edge of our seats. Uh, that's mm-hmm. how it felt with Thanos, right? Throughout this eight, 10 year span, uh, we only get little hints, like you mentioned, right? Post-credit scenes, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I think we only see him floating on the chair. Um, but we yeah. haven't, we don't see him until Infinity War. And the moment he comes in, even in those trailers, when you see uh, Mark Ruffalo's uh, Dr. Banner uh, slash Hulk kind of being like, guys he's coming and he's gonna like fuck us up (laughs) uh it's it's scary it really was horrifying um so i feel like because we've revealed so much of kang the conqueror so far or his variants you're right it's almost taking away that suspense little by little and it's almost like are we getting to know different kings you know because the character that has the variants we are in the multiversal saga we're no longer in the infinity saga so we're kind of trying to stay away. We're trying to meet different characters. We already saw this with Spider-Man. We've already, we already saw this with Loki in season one. Um, 
it's it's you're right i honestly don't even have an answer for where we're gonna go and i feel like i can't even theorize because i can be completely wrong but the way like i just the best way for me to compare it in your direct question of that suspense that belief that kind of like horrific view of thanos as we were seeing kanga cocker now completely different um but it could be that the suspense is being taken away I, at this point i feel like the mcu kevin feige just kind of like Doctor Strange um, in Endgame when he says you have one shot. <laughs> I feel like he only has one shot to make this movie good. If it's and, if it's okay, it's not going to be good. If it's bad, it's bad. It has to be good because something has to blow us out of the water. Mm-hmm. Real quick, Jay, before you, you jump in, my question mm-hmm. is, why are we being overexposed to Kang already? Because mm-hmm. if we're getting a... Quite frankly, probably the biggest Avengers movie since Infinity War with the Kang Dynasty. I mean, it is, right? Um, yeah. Why are we not letting Kang just literally still have his spotlight in the full full length feature film instead of kind of some small fry shit with, you know, what they're doing with Ant-Man and Loki? But I do like Jonathan Majors. In yeah, Loki, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Like He Who Remains was a good kind of sprinkle in. That would have yeah. been great, but now I feel like we're just, you know, overexposure to someone who should have been, you know, right. having the spotlight later on. So, so I have a few thoughts. I think the best villains are often not necessarily given the most screen time. And I'm going to use Star Wars as a great example here. Darth Vader has like 13 minutes of runtime across three movies, but he's arguably considered one of the most menacing and scary villains uh, of cinema history. And yeah. I think one, one thing that made Thanos so great is they kind of established him as this mob boss. He was having all his minions do his bidding, right? It was Loki in the Avengers mm-hmm. who he gave the, uh, uh, what was it, the Space Stone or the Time Stone, whichever stone it was, to go take over New York. It was um, uh, uh, the guy in Guardians of the Galaxy, the other purple dude, who, who was sent to go, <laughs> to go find, go find the, the, um, you know, the Space Stone and, and the Power Stone and things like that, right? Like they established Thanos as this mob boss, and then and then and you finally see in the uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron post credit scene where he's like, "Fine, I'll do it myself," and he grabs the gauntlet, right? So, yeah. um, you know, you now are like, "Oh crap!" Like the mob boss is pissed; he wants to do it himself. Um, but one thing they really and, and the same thing in Star Wars, you know, Darth Vader's established as the villain, but then you find out in Return of the Jedi that the Emperor is actually the big bad, right? It's it's yeah. not Darth Vader, and the Emperor to this point has had 30 seconds of screen time and it was in a hologram in Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> so yeah. you established this bigger bad mob boss. And I think one thing I'm curious if they're doing this, if you remember in Thor, the main villain was Loki. Loki was pissed yeah. off at his family. Uh, he's deceptive. Yeah. Uh, you know, they follow the yeah. Norse mythology and all that. And then in Avengers, Loki is established as the big bad. But then until you're like, wait a minute, Loki was just a punk. Now that yep. they've locked up Loki, he's actually kind of irrelevant to the bigger overarching plan. I've seen theories out there, and I'm wondering if this is what they're doing. Kang and King Dynasty, yes, they're kind of establishing him as this big bad. But is there something bigger out there to King that we haven't seen yet and that they're eventually going to tease? Could it be Galactus? In Because uh, don't forget, they've also announced Avengers um, uh, Secret Wars, which is you know, right. yep. you know, essentially uh, Super Smash Brothers for Marvel. So, <laughs> um, you know, is there going to be a bigger villain to Secret Wars that's going to set up the Secret Wars? Is it going to be a Galactus? Is it going to be a Silver Surfer? Don't forget, 
we still got the X-Men. Are we going to eventually see a Magneto-type villain? Are we eventually going to see, yeah. uh, you know, something more uh, uh, bigger than Kane? And I think that's maybe where we're going. That being said, I do agree with you guys. Maybe we have gotten exposed to too much Kane, even if it is variant. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing I love about He Who Remains is we only got about eight minutes of screen time of him, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe more, maybe like 20 minutes, right? But he died immediately, and he was very, like, kind of horrifying. Like, you're like, man, this guy's calculated. He knows something that these guys don't. He kind of wants to be killed because it's going to set off this chain of events. Uh, yep. You know, when he tells Sylvie, see you soon, like, he was kind of horrifying. I'm glad they didn't bring him back. And now I think Victor Time is kind of goofy. <laughs> he's like, yeah. you know, yeah. old timey. Where's like the the you know the old timey hat and suit? Like he just doesn't menace me. Maybe this guy's more calculated. Maybe in like episode four or five, we're gonna see him in the TVA. Like this was his end goal. I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I do agree with you guys. I think the best villains don't always get the most screen time. Yeah. That's just yeah. Well, also, Brandon, you know your mm-hmm. point about Victor Timely. Um, yeah. He is pretty deceiving, right? Um, yeah. You know, you mentioned he may not be the innocent person that he you think he is. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he swindled the the uh, the, the racists in the, <laughs> yeah. you know, the with his uh, with yeah. his presentation and got a thousand yeah. bucks. Uh, yeah. And also, you know, he basically he double crossed Ravona, right? And yeah. on the on the boat, um, he did convince Sylvie though, which you know. You would think Sylvie would just off him because who does she hate mm-hmm. more than anyone in the world? He who remains right. in all his variants. Um, yeah. You know, interesting turn for Sylvie to see her um, get quite soft, I would say. Um, but, you know, that could be just, you know, Victor Timely, you know, deceiving her. And um, yeah. now is, so that's a good point. I mean, we'll, we'll see what Victor Timely does. Um, I just wonder with that, with, with uh, the Kang character, do people does the MCU still have enough goodwill with fans to basically give them a subpar villain, in my opinion, mm-hmm. in Kang, where his his appearances haven't been home runs for the most part, other than in my opinion, the he who remains appearance um mm-hmm. at the end of Loki. Um like does does Marvel have enough goodwill to say, hey, now we're gonna make him this character, the big bad. Yeah. We, we want you all to come so we can make a billion dollars off this movie. Do I think it'll make close to a billion dollars? Sure. But um, I'm just wondering, and especially with some of the Jonathan major stuff, like, okay, you want to make him the face of that film. Um, it's like, I wonder if, they, if, if, if it really makes sense for them to put their, all their chips in to Kang and, and, you know, in a let greater extent, Jonathan majors. Cause what I read was, they were so convinced off his performance at the end of Loki season one that they're like, all right, we're going to do the King dynasty and we're going to kind of spearhead yeah. him as, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the main guy to lead this, you know, does it make sense? Do they have enough goodwill with the fans considering their lack of success with the TV shows? Mm-hmm. Um, it's all, you know, interesting questions. Well, yeah. I mean, also, where are we going with the MCU, right? Like, we have these shows that are very grounded in reality. I mean, yeah. Hawkeye was one of those shows that was just, a, you know, obviously probably to set up Daredevil. But, you know, it's one of those shows where it's grounded. There's no supernatural kind of stuff happening. And yeah. then you have these shows like Loki and WandaVision, which are more based on magic and witchcraft. And now they're 
mm-hmm. you know, releasing the witch show uh, uh, with uh, Agatha Harkness. Uh, yeah, Agatha Harkness. Like, like, where are we in the MCU? Are are we yeah focusing on some of this more crime mob boss daredevil crime fighting type show with uh, Haley Steinfeld and stuff, or are we focusing on this like supernatural uh, superhero stuff, right? And then it's like, how is this all going to intertwine? How yeah. is Daredevil going to help fight Kane? Like, at least in the old MCU, I knew that, like, some of these secondary characters were always going to come together to fight these other big bad villains. Another thing, yeah. King the Conqueror is your most powerful king in the comics. Um, mm-hmm. He's now gone. And they even seem to think so in the post credit scene of Ant-Man. They say, uh, uh, I forgot what they refer to him as, but they say, like, the Conqueror is gone. Uh, yeah. You know, so now is our time, you know, and all these other kings are getting together. So I, I just don't know if they're going to bring King the Conqueror back. There's some theories out there that at the end of Ant-Man, when they're having their sequence, there's a lot of purple and green, which is his colors. And maybe he's going to come back and maybe they mm-hmm. created a branch timeline. I don't know. But I just I, I'm really struggling to see the vision. I want to give Marvel the benefit of the doubt because they they had a mm-hmm. decade long run, a 10 year run that made us earn their trust but they've lost a lot of that trust with some of the projects they've released since endgame i mean wandavision i I don't know what the end goal of that was because multiverse of madness was very all over the place and you know we acquired the rights to fantastic four and x-men now you're having executives come out and say we had to announce x-men sooner than we wanted to that was some of the big news this week you know so Mm -hmm. Where are we? It feels like there's this disconnect, disjointed, and now you're hearing rumors that Kevin Feige is going to use Secret Wars to reset the entire timeline and introduce new characters. Yeah, they've lost a lot of trust with the fan base, and um, I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt because of what they yeah. did that first ten year period. But man, I just don't. I don't see it. I don't know where we go. I think it's 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 very much very it's very tricky because it's. I think they did it to themselves with overdoing it. Like, oh, the fans want more, right? Because I, you can remember back in like when let's just go back to the Winter Soldier, right? When it came out, that was what one MCU movie a year, maybe two a year. Mm-hmm. I can't even name yeah. another movie that came out that year. It's like we were so desperate to see more, we were so excited for it, and I don't know if they got to the point. Okay, the fans want more. We want to see more, um, and that kind of shot themselves. That kind of shot Kevin Feige in the foot, right? Um, with it, and now then it's like okay, let's like. Let's take a step back. Personally, I, I really hope the rumor of Secret Wars is not true. I don't want to see a reboot of everything. I would love to see a mm-hmm. continuation, right? Because we have so many heroes we haven't even seen yet. We haven't even seen Nova, right? Uh, that's a good right. character. If you think about it, uh, Werewolf by Night and Moon Knight, they're going to, mm-hmm. we haven't even, there has been no mention of them popping in um, at all. Eternals, right? All the alive characters, you know, I know they can play a big role um, also, like in the, Future movies. So there's a lot that I would love to see introduced and completed, right, with their own little storylines in the MCU. So I really hope Secret Wars isn't the end of it. Oh, I hope it's kind of like, okay, some of these characters are going to go, right? Maybe the, the the remaining Avengers from the past, right? Uh, like Anthony Mackie's Captain America, uh, Hawkeye, right? It's like, are mm-hmm. some, you know, maybe we are we going to see the end of some of these characters slowly <laughs> but surely. So um, it's going to be something we just have to wait and see on and let's see how loki ends and where they go from there uh just moving on there's one character that we saw in this uh last episode that got a little bit too uh freaky uh <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh her name is uh miss minutes um guys i know there's a lot of questions from season one on what is miss minutes 
Is she AI? Mm-hmm. Is she uh, a brain that somehow exists? Uh, and kind of how we saw, I don't know why we're talking, we're, I guess we we're just talking about Captain America, the Winter Soldier a lot, but you know, when we're talking about, you know, that scientist that was a Nazi, but also being Armin Zola. Uh, Captain Armin Zola, Zola, thank you. Yeah. Zola is what is Miss Minutes? Um, and now it seems like we're de- we're seeing more of a personality for her, or is she just as manipulative as Kang the Conqueror? Um, just want to get your thoughts on, I guess, us learning a little bit more about this character. So yeah, what's her end? I just wanted to say, what's her end goal too? You know, clearly she uh, wanted to get Renslayer out of there. She convinces King to cut her off the boat. Um, yeah, and and it seems like she's in love. I was a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, yeah. I was a little uncomfortable with by that scene. I do, and to let Steve build on this, I do like that they kind of establish she's an AI sentient being that just doesn't have a um yeah a body. Uh, I yeah. do like the idea of her being this like AI, all knowledgeable kind mm-hmm. of thing. And they kind of end on the cliffhanger at the end of the episode where they say she has a big secret that she can ex- uh, expose Victor yeah. Timely with, I guess. So we'll see. But that that's really interesting yeah. to uh, yeah. to see how what her end goal will end up being. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, she's a create. Obviously, she's a uh, was created by Kang. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When when the when she was created, she did mention before the TVA, mm-hmm. before the uh, um, the multiversal wars. She put wars plural. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. When she was created by Kang, we don't know. Um, but it was, you know, it was it was before a lot of the end of time stuff happened. Before a lot of mm-hmm. uh, you know conflicts happened. So he's been with Kang for a while. She knows he who or he who remains for a while. Um, and so we're talking about eons, eons. You know, because mm-hmm. because you know that's he who remains his creation. Um, I think there is a sense of okay, she views Kang as like a father figure. Um, however, you know, quite weird the way she went about it. Um, <laughs> she is essentially an unshackled AI, which basically means. You know, she has full autonomy of herself and and her <laughs> mind, and she's not shackled by her creator's programming um, or yep. her control. Um, but she was basically created to serve he who remains. Um, right. I think her end goal is interesting because I think because she was created by he who remains, um, I I believe that what she's doing, no matter what, even if. Uh, what her i guess i don't know trying to suck dick timely's dick i don't know what she was trying to do Um, (laughs) but she was definitely coming on to him um however i think her motivations is very much in line with uh you know uh serving he who remains and and Mm -hmm. and trying to find the best outlook for him and her so almost like a you know them going on and doing this together uh Obviously, yep. Ravona and her, you know, she double crossed Ravona. So I don't see, I don't see her deviating from her, trying to service he who remains uh, or or his variants. Uh, yeah. Just what that means for her, we'll see. But uh, I have a feeling that she, she's all about Kang, he who remains, and um, everyone else is is really not, you know, yeah. it it's it doesn't it's collateral, right? So. Right. Yeah, there's a really good attention to detail in this episode. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but uh, when they're on the boat, right? Um, when they're on Lake, um, I don't know if they were like on on Lake Chicago, or Lake Michigan, sorry, just basing it off of uh, geographically, mm-hmm. right? Going from Chicago to Wisconsin. 
yep. uh, when they're on Lake Michigan. It's uh, it's really really good detail. Uh, you know, it's uh, Ravona and Victor Timely sitting together, and then we see Miss Minutes on the other side of yeah. not on the other side of the boat, right? She's looking at both of them at a time when they're both speaking, and then at some point she sits on Kang's on Victor Timely's side. And she's almost giving me side eyes each time Ramona's kind of flirting mm-hmm. with uh, Victor Timely. And then there's that one point where when she mentioned partnership, and you can tell Victor Timely, maybe he wanted a relationship, something, wanted to romantically be with Ravona, right? And mm-hmm. then I think the moment she said partnership, uh, it could have just, it's it easily was a wrong choice of words, right? She easily could have been like, hey, relationship or something, you know, with with you. Uh, situationship, flirtationship, whatever. She could have chosen any of those words <laughs> to set up <laughs> set up partnership, right? And you can see when he steps, he removes his hand off of her, and then you can see the smile on Miss Minutes. Uh, that I think that was just a really good attention to detail uh, that they did there, saying like just showing what Miss Minutes wants or just wanting to be more with uh, Victor Timely slash Kang the Conqueror. Uh, and just removing Ravona out of the picture. Uh, just little things like that is what I love about the show so much. So so we know from the comics that Renslayer yeah. and Kane were actually romantically involved. Correct, um, yes. And, and then in this show, they kind of implied that it's he who remains and Renslayer mm-hmm. who are romantically involved. And then obviously, mm-hmm. even in the beginning of season, or season two, episode one, where yeah. Loki hears that recording from the past. Mm-hmm. where um, it's them two talking and it seems to be some sort of, again, romantic mm-hmm. partnerships. I feel like that's all going to connect. I feel like they showed us all that stuff from the past and future for a reason. And we're going to see all those things connect in the past and future as to why Loki heard them or as to why he saw Sylvie opening the elevator doors in the future or why the right. phone was ringing. Something's going to go wrong, and we're going to see it all happen. I just don't know like when we're going to get there, how we're going to get there, how it's even going to make sense. So that's right. where we kind of have to trust the show to kind of explain that all to us. But clearly, Renslayer and and mm-hmm. He Who Remains were romantically involved at one point, and maybe Miss Minutes was pissed about it. Um, I really did enjoy seeing her terrorize the fair when she grew up <laughs> or grew big and became a ghost. Um, I like that they put her in the newspaper and someone said they saw the ghost clock. Yeah, um, it just goes, it kind of goes to show how they could have kind of rewrote history there, which was really cool. Um, yeah. So I, overall, I'm I thought Miss Minutes kind of having a bigger role this season as like more of a villain is pretty cool. It's yeah. a pretty unique idea as opposed to yeah. um last season where she was more of just like a figurehead of the TVA and explaining and sort of a narrator uh, yeah. position. I really enjoyed this version of Miss Minutes. Yeah, she almost felt like that. Epcot style introduction video for attractions, like if I'm on Spaceship Earth, right? Like that's what Miss Minutes <laughs> felt like. <laughs> uh, right. But yeah, but there's uh, also seeing, yeah, go for it. I was gonna say there's this theme of yeah. like sentient AI being yeah. the overarching villain, right? Alien yeah. is a great example. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Alien, you think the the xenomorph is actually the villain, when in reality it's just more of an obstacle to the. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's his name? Um, I forgot what his name in the, oh, in the movie is. Uh, it's not uh, uh, Hal. No, Hal is from 2001. Um, well, that's and that's another version, yes, yes. right? The yeah. AI yeah. sentient being the overarching, um, you know, uh, Wally is a great example. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's always yeah. this overarching villain as opposed to the main villain. Um, and, and going back to, right, our, our original theme of, of part one of this podcast was 
you rarely see the villain get runtime. And you usually find out in the end that there was someone bigger pulling all yeah. the strings. And I, I love yeah. that idea that they're doing with this minutes that maybe she's she, like, it, they kind of set up Renslayer as the villain. Yeah at the end of season one and the beginning of this episode, then you find out at the end that it's really Miss Minutes pulling the string and it's going to kind of proceed. And that's just a trope that we see a lot in cinema. Yeah. Yeah. No. So yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm interested to see where they go. Not a lot of Loki in this episode. um, Yeah. Or Mobius. Like if they really took a backseat. I personally like the show when you just let Loki cook. Um, So, you know, I... (laughs) Yeah, and then and then it really hurt when I had to deal with the Victor Timely performance too, because I'm like, you know, why can't we just get, why can't we just sprinkle in Victor Timely and have, you know, the majority of it being Tom Hiddleston and and Loki. Nonetheless, um, maybe we could start giving out some some grades on so far mid season grades. Yeah, for me, I think we're at a a decent C plus with the show. Um, you know, um, I personally think that, uh. First off, I think they should utilize Ouroboros more. I think he's a great character. Mm-hmm. And so far, I don't think he was in the third episode at all. Um, I, don't, I, I think don't he made like an him. appearance. Yeah, here uh, perhaps an in appearance. The, in the back of the yeah. book, I think. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd like to see more Ouroboros. Um, yeah. I'd like to understand, you know, is Sylvie just going to be the thorn of the side of everyone, you know, in, in this season? <laughs> like, is she just going to you know be involved just to just you know ruin everything for everyone whether it's yeah. killing the Marian, destroying the tva yeah um, but you know my main thing with these first three episodes was um give me a lot of loki give me a lot of owen wilson's mobius um <laughs> yeah and so far they've done a solid job of that um mm-hmm. i think the third episode you know we're, we're starting to get a little off the rails in terms of um I guess where we're going with the show. Um, I personally yeah. liked it one how much time we got in the TVA and how it was almost like a um, a very much in in the TVA type of drama that's mm-hmm. a little a little little offsetting, yeah. almost like Severance in a way. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, now that they want to explore different realms, different um, mm-hmm. you know timelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we'll see how they do that. We see, we'll see how they do that. They have three more episodes to, uh, you know, get me reeled back in. But, you know, I still think it's a solid start. I think C-plus is a fair grade. Um, yeah. I'm actually going to go B. Um, I think it's been okay, not great. Um, I just really love the pacing so far. It feels like every episode I've been really engaged in. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, like, even touch my phone during these episodes. Uh, if I do, I, I want to pause it to make sure I'm not missing anything. Um, yeah. I think we've had some pretty compelling character arcs, uh, you know, Sylvie kind of coming back into the fray and, and maybe changing a little on her opinion. Um, you know, Loki clearly still dealing with his feelings for Sylvie. I thought it's been a pretty good underrated trope that we haven't really seen a lot of people online talk about. Um, I love the dynamic between Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston. They are just so perfect together. Uh, they really they bounce are. off each other's energy, even in yep. that interrogation montage where, you know, Owen Wilson pretends to be locked out. Like, I mean, I think they do so well together. Yeah. Um, this is one of the better acting shows, uh, just from, uh, you know, what we've seen. I feel like there's just some big names really putting on a masterclass right now. So I, I really enjoyed that. I do think it could move up to an A 
if mm-hmm. we kind of get some answers here. I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I've I know how yeah. these Disney Plus shows go, um, whether it be Star Wars, Marvel, whatever they've done so far. It always seems like we get a really strong start and a bad drop off. Yeah. I hope that's not mm-hmm. the case. Right. Um, you know, I do. I am very happy. I'm sure you guys saw the news that Disney Plus said they're going to stop this long movie format and they're going to yeah. start giving us actual season one, two, and threes and you know longer episodes with longer, uh, yeah. you know, uh, or more episodes in a season. I'm really glad we're moving to that. Um, so um, hopefully this will be the last show that we do that six episode format. Um, so I'm going to yeah. go with a B. Uh, so far, I think it's been really enjoyable. Yeah, I'm going to also go with B. Um, it's more for, a, like you said, for me, one of the biggest things is just how concise a, a viewer's perspective can be, right? Just kind of being able mm-hmm. to do it. Um, episodes one and two, just a little bit all over the place. Season three, I just love, again, the setting, just us being able to stay in one place uh, mm-hmm. was something that definitely was really good for me. Uh, just also the, the eras. Like, I love when movies touch eras, right? When we go back to... Yep. Uh, 20s or we get like this you know just period settings i really enjoy a lot just especially the costuming uh you can even tell the camera work the lighting was a little bit different so that's something that i enjoyed a lot um, yep. um yeah i'm gonna say so far I, I would say acting's pretty good uh we could say that yes jonathan majors was a little bit <laughs> a little bit um you know <laughs> over a little bit top, over the place man. yeah um, but no it's good and i'm just and like jay said uh what we mentioned i know with daredevil uh born again or it's you know we're gonna see what 16 18 episodes so that's something I'm looking forward to seeing how that's going to be a lot different than to these six to eight uh, episodes that we're seeing. But yeah, we're going to go ahead and call it a night here. Um, just hoping that the rest of that we you know enjoy the rest of the season as well as we finally mm-hmm. get those answers instead of just questions and questions at the end of each episode. We're hoping that a lot of those, uh, you know, to the loose ends get tied there. So, all right, boys, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can go ahead and follow us on the, uh, on Instagram. Once we get that going, <laughs> uh, but we are on the Twitter as Balls Deep Cinema. We are on the YouTube as well as uh, Spotify and the Apple Podcast. Um, but yeah, go ahead and follow us uh, next week. We'll see what we have in hands for you guys. You all take it easy. <laughs>